Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. We're doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Deerdeck, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening because this is Travis Makes Friends. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Travis Makes Friends podcast. Of course, my name is Eric Skwarzynski. I'm Travis Chappell's producer. And on today's midweek mashup episode, we're going to be sharing snippets from Travis's interviews with Josh Peck, Brian Callen, and Casey Patterson. Josh Peck, of course, is in theaters everywhere in the new Christopher Nolan movie, Oppenheimer. You're definitely going to want to go check that out. Brian Callen is a stand-up comedian who has been in several films himself, including those by the incredible director Todd Phillips, including The Hangover and Joker. And last but not least is Casey Patterson. She is a four-time Emmy and two-time PGA Awards-nominated, critically acclaimed executive producer who has created an array of groundbreaking programming and has worked with celebrities that you might recognize like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Without further ado, let's get into today's midweek mashup with some show business legends. Let's get started right now. You just recently got cast in a Christopher Nolan project, um, and uh, some people are probably familiar with his work. He's a newer <laughs> director, starting to. He's done okay, right? Yeah, you, you may know, have, you okay. may have heard of him. Um, I and, and I really love how you've talked, and it's clear you're a professional. Like like you said, any job that comes in, you pull it out. You're going to read it. You're going to treat it with dedication. Do you feel when it comes to scale of projects, like, do you feel more weight stepping into something like that? Like someone who you do, obviously, I'm assuming someone that you respect as a, as a filmmaker, someone you probably sat there and gone, I can't imagine working with them. And now you're sitting here gearing up for this. Is there like another level of pressure that you're carrying, especially sharing it with cast that, you know, the cast list is incredible. And then here's the guy from Drake and Josh. Like, what's he doing? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you feel you feel a lot of pressure um, because you want it to be great because you know it's capable of being great. You know, with certain things you're doing, if you're doing a sitcom or something like that, I mean, granted, there have been some brilliant sitcoms, but if you're just making something that's just like a little bit more. kind of mindless or what have you, you know that the ceiling for it to be great is only, you know, it's at a certain level. And you, you know, even if Pacino, the greatest actor ever with the material within the medium could only make it so good. But like with something like a Nolan movie, yeah, you know, it can be great. And he's setting you up to be great. So all you have to do is rise to the occasion and, and be prepared. Um, and you feel those nerves until you get there on the day. And then you realize you're just like, oh, this is just like anything else. It's just the best version of it. That's a crazy day to walk on set and go, oh, I'm surrounded by greatness, <laughs> you know, everywhere. Oh, yeah. And but the best part is, is you work with a guy like Killian. He's like one of our greatest actors. And then he's a gem of a person. You're like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> you know, thank God you're great and nice. Right. I've, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard some nightmare stories of people who are probably really fantastic actor who are definitely really fantastic actors, but not super great. Uh, Name them. Name them here. (laughs) 
I'd much rather you name them because we'd get some good viral content out of this. Um, Obviously you've set really big goals for yourself. You've, you know, like I mentioned, stand up, you know, (laughs) while most people are worried about like, you know, what sport am I going to play? You're like pushing into these clubs and doing stand up, going and doing television at 15, making these decisions for yourself and even still working, trying to get to the next level. Um, but also being content, we hit on being content where you're at, being comfortable with the wins that you've had so far. For you, when you think about success, is there some idealistic place that you're working toward that you would consider like at that point I've made it, quote unquote, um, or is success for you in the day to day of like I am putting in the work, I am being you know confident, I am you know doing the best that I can do moving forward. Timothy Chalamet, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I remember growing up, like, or, or uh, he doesn't have to go to auditions anymore, but, you know, all through my 20s, like, if Miles Teller would walk into an audition, I'd be like, all right, that's it for me. Have a good time, Miles. You're going to kill it. Like, I, um, so, you know, I don't know what it looks like. Uh, I, I don't know if this is a good answer. Like, I don't know what it looks like. I know I'm not there yet. Um, but, I, like, yeah, I don't know what it looks like, but I know I'm not there yet. I wonder... I, I, you know, do I want to be a guy in my like sixties who's still like sitting in an audition room? Like when I could be hanging out my, with my grandkids, I don't know. Or maybe I'll, I'll be like utterly pleased and, and I'm lucky, right? Like, you know, most actors get better with age, whereas like athletics, there's so many things, you know, in, in I've done a lot of research um, about physicists because of Oppenheimer as of recently. And you know, what you learn about the different sort of sciences is that like mathematicians tend to do their best work before they're 30. I don't know why that is, but like there, there's a high burnout rate. Um, whereas physicists tend to do their best work in their 30s, 40s, 50s as they get older. And I, I interviewed this famous um, physicist, Dr. Brian Keating out of UC Davis, and he's, or I'm sorry, UC San Diego. And he said, it's, it's because at the heart of what we do, there's like this deep curiosity for the way in which God's mind works. I was like, oh my God. But like, but I think as an actor, as a creative, right? Like I, I'm, uh, I have this curiosity about me. I'm dying to know like how people live their lives, how I can, you know, bring a next, you know, an extra level of, of honesty and reality to the next part, to the next experience. Um, and I feel really lucky that drives me because I'm not sure everyone has that level of curiosity about what they do. You've uh, done a lot of work with Todd Phillips. How did that relationship come about? He's a genius and he, uh, he just loved this character. I did one time for him when we were, I, I was yeah, out to dinner with him in Breckenmeyer. Breckenmeyer's an actor and he, he introduced me to him. And I would do this Israeli porn star on stage. I take you. I would make you nice all the way. Camera, get my balls, you know. And he fucking loved that so much. And he just put me in old school. He saw you do it guy. on stage. Yeah, or? he put me in old school as that guy. And then he just loved yeah. me. And then and then really. the Hangover came along, and uh, he wanted me to play. Uh, he put me in Bad Santa, which people don't know, but Todd Phillips rewrote from page one Bad Santa and directed it. Really? Yeah, his name's not on it, but he did that. Put the drink down right now! Fuck you. Fuck me, huh? Right. He's a fucking genius. And then uh, Hangover came along this little movie because nobody wanted to do Old School 2. They all said no to him. And he's like, really? You fucking guys are going to say no to me? Good. This is called Revenge. And he wrote The Hangover. Hmm. Fucking amazing, right? And they they killed it. Yeah. And uh, 
And the character initially was supposed to be from New York. A guy like Eddie, who's from Long Island, who had this wedding, cha- wedding chapel. And, yeah. and I on at the read, I said, I think he should be from Armenia or Lebanon or something like that. I'm going to do it like this. Yeah. <laughs> I can get you anything. So he just lets me improvise. <laughs> the high roller package. It's what you guys ordered. I have coffee mugs. What? You have baseball caps, huh? And fancy calendars, all with pictures of Stu and Jade. Her name's Jade? Yeah, she's beautiful, man. Clean, very tight, tits oh, like that. Right. But that's because she had a baby. <laughs> and then you can see your face in and Joker. hands in the Joker. If you don't yeah. blink. Is that part of your new act, Arthur? If you're dancing, doesn't do the trick. If just going to shoot you. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers Agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So, <laughs> he spent five days in that, or whatever, with maybe it was three days, I don't know, with uh, what's his name? Keanu Reeves. I knew he was going to, not Keanu Reeves. Uh, uh, Walking Phoenix. Walking Phoenix. <laughs> but I, I, Keanu Reeves. That'd be a crazy different Joker. Walking Phoenix playing Keanu Reeves playing the Joker. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I knew he was going to win an Oscar. But I, 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 I mean, yeah. I, I knew. I saw him shooting that scene in the bus when I got there. I was like, oh, he's going to win an Oscar. I could see it. Mm. It's like the fighter, the first time I saw the fighter in that opening frame when I, when I saw what Christian Bale was doing, I, go, I was like, oh, oh my God. I knew immediately, yeah. that fast. The same thing with the Joker. I was like, he, he got down to 126 pounds for this. He's eating an apple a day. He was 126 yeah. pounds for that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Or whatever he was. I mean, anybody's willing to put themselves yeah, in yeah. that. The people like that, yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis, Keon, uh, um, Joaquin Phoenix, the people who are willing to do yeah. that to their body, you know, um, Christian Bale, like, yeah. uh, Meryl Streep, those people, De Niro, like, I don't know what they're into. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they like that kind of masochistic process. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what they're getting out of that, but yeah. whatever they're getting, fine. 
I, I am not that guy. Yeah. That's never happening. I don't care enough. But that's the kind of goes back to that moment of clarity for you, right? It's like, well, I want to be that, but also when you strip it down and look at everything that goes into that, it's like, actually, I don't want to do no, that I'm at all. I'd rather to. be this guy. Yeah. You know, I know it's like, I like yeah. skiing. I just hate the equipment and the fucking coal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I spent the early part of my career thinking I need everyone to sort of see and understand me and what it is I'm trying to say. And the truth is that that never happens. You just need a few people and the right people hmm. to see you, like-minded people. There's no, there's really no replacement. There's no, there's no, um, there's no getting around that you need to be working with like-minded people. You share values and ideas and a work ethic and, a goal. Um, you're all equally as passionate. So in various chapters, you know, it all happens in chapters, but in various chapters, the right people, I don't know if it was everyone, but the right people saw me at the right time. And they were pretty, you know, those mentors were pretty, um, they were great. They moved me forward. They were the ones to say, Hey, I think you can do this. It wasn't, it wasn't me not knocking down their door saying, Hey, I'd like a new opportunity. Sure, they would, sure. you know, they would come to me and encourage me. They would see it in me and encourage me. And I'm so fortunate that that's the case. If you look at all the different, you know, contributing factors to the success that you've been able to see, Casey, what what stands out to you as being kind of the 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 top of that list? Meaning that there's countless countless numbers of people who want to have some sort of a, a career, sustainable career in entertainment. And uh, there's not that many people that end up having that type of career. And, and, and you've, you've been one of them, being able to produce stuff, you know, like with Bill Murray and with The Rock and uh, to, to produce a lip sync battle, which has been a hit show. And uh, you've had so many different uh, just success after success after success. And now uh, you're working on recently <clears throat> has two Emmy nominations. Um, and you've just been doing this for a couple of decades at an extremely high level. What, what, what would you contribute that? What would, what would you contribute that to? Um, a, a real love for the creative community, mm. a real love for, I guess, if you look across the sort of the list that you've been going through, it isn't just music. It isn't just comedy. It isn't just sort of award shows. It's just, I guess it's two things. It's a love of the creative community, like a real respect for what they do. Um, and thanks to my sort of my corporate upbringing, understanding audiences and how they relate to those people. And, and if you're the person in between, you know, like the, the fans love, the fans love these comedians or musicians or actors and their work. And we have the ability to stage these great moments or these great nights or these, um, big entertainment properties. And I think, I think, I think long, I think longevity, one, you have to love the community and you have to love the content and you have to really respect that connection um, of the, which is precious. It's sort of rarefied air that exists between, you know, celebrities and their fans. Um, And I think my, so you have to be grounded in that, but I think that my success from there um, has come from over the years, sort of understanding what it is I wouldn't be good at and kind of staying true to the people that I am genuinely drawn to. I think I'm, I'm probably a muse person. You know, I, I think writers, you know, often have muses or artists have muses, but I, I think, 
I'm coming to understand that I'm the same way. So when I meet someone and I sort of see them or I relate to them in some way, or I respect the person that they are on top of the art. And I just, you know, you kind of have to fall in love a little because creating these things from scratch with partners, like the ones that you're describing, they are trusting us. Like if you're, if you're working with a Dwayne Johnson, he's, his name is on it too, as a co-creator and a producer. Um, He has a brand of his own. It's really important to him. It's really important to the fans. He stands for something really specific in the world. And you have to love that thing and protect that brand and his message and the way that he would want the story told with your life. You really, you really have to take their reputation as seriously as you take yours. And the, and the, the best way to guarantee that that's going to happen is to be a fan of their work yourself. Mm, yeah. So I tend to work with people that I adore. I adore Dwayne. He is the real thing. He's yeah. the real thing. He's as spectacular as everyone thinks he is. People respond to him in the way that they do in mass um, because he's very grounded in those principles that he shares. Um, he is a spectacular. You can only imagine if that person is in your corner and your partner, um, the things that you might be able to do together. So yeah. I think it has to be grounded in a respect for their path, their journey, what it is they stand for. And then you're sort of the, you're the architect, right? You, you really, you really um, have to sort of protect them. And, and what ends up happening over the years is you build a level of trust and respect. And um, as new things, you know, come to pass or new projects come to pass, you sort of get very excited about, you know, growing those, growing those relationships and doing new things and new genres with, with those with, with the people that you love. So I, I, I tend to stick pretty close to the people that I respect as human beings. Now this last, um, you know, this last, I would say five years or so, I'm really, really selective. I have no interest in volume. Um, which my you know agents and everyone around you don't like to hear. <laughs> um, no interest in volume whatsoever. I just all about quality, quality of the product, but also now I'm more focused on quality of the experience we have together. Mm, yeah, I am very fortunate to be here, and I think it's important to carve out enough time and breathing room when making things to enjoy the making of things and enjoy the people that you're doing it with. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischapel.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married, and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapel.com slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance, and I'll catch you on the next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.